Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. We're talking about how a scarcity mindset can make you overweight. I just got off a really interesting coaching call and um, long story short, the, the person was basically saying, when I go grocery shopping, I buy tons and tons of food, way more than I need. I don't need 10 bottles of dressing, right? But I, that's what I got. And I started thinking about it. I said, do you think it's possible that the having all this extra food around you is has any parallel or effect on the weight extra weight that you're carrying and we got into the whole conversation and it turned out you know back in the day there was a lot of financial uncertainty a lot of financial trauma let's just call it what it is right financially we can experience trauma we all know this and so sometimes in our mind subconsciously if we worry that if we don't have the food around us if we don't have the extra weight if the shit goes down and we don't have access to food we're gonna be in trouble so in a weird way, what we kind of got to is that sometimes if you have a scarcity mentality, that if you're worried that all of a sudden you might not be able to have food around you, which again is hardwired into us, understand that. We are all born with the initial wiring that our mind says food is scarce, right? Because we, we evolved in a food scarce environment. So we're always worried that there's not going to be food tomorrow. So eat as much as you can now, hardwired into us. And so in the modern world though, what ends up happening is uh, you have maybe, if you ever experienced any food scarcity or financial issues that affected your food, you know, uh, ability to have food around you, then now if you have the ability to eat more food and have more food around you, you're going to do it because it makes you feel a sense of abundance subconsciously. Think about this, right? And so this is so fascinating because this is just one more example that if you are not losing weight, I can almost guarantee you there's a subconscious reason that you do not want to lose weight. And so in this instance, if you're consciously saying, I want to lose weight, but subconsciously you associate having less fat on your body, less food around you, you go into a state of panic and anxiety because of the times in the past when there was food scarcity. And of course, that's hardwired into our initial wiring. Then you're not going to lose weight. You understand no matter how much you logically want to lose weight if, if subconscious you associate it with lack and scarcity and you may not be able to eat you ain't gonna lose the weight so beginning to remind yourself consistently and reinforce that there's plenty of food around you right this is the upgrade we have to do to our subconscious programming because we're not in this food scarce environment most of the time right there's a good chance you're not in that environment you have the opposite Right? You've got this scarcity mentality in a food abundant environment. That's a recipe for being overweight. And so we need to put our mind at ease. We need to reinforce and support the idea that we've got plenty of food now. And you have to reinforce this consistently because again, we are hardwired to be nervous that we're not gonna have food tomorrow. Eat as much as we can now. Put as much fat into our body so we can store ourselves for the lean times. But now we live in a situation where God willing, right? Hopefully, we will never have these lean times. And they probably won't occur, again, hopefully, in our, in our lifetimes. But certainly right now in the situation that most of us are living in, in, in America and in, in a lot of industrial, you know, first world countries, there's a food abundance. And so we have to do this weird thing where we have to reprogram ourselves that there's plenty of food around and to intentionally calm ourselves down. Because I think that that fear, that anxiety of there not being food tomorrow is so real for us that we have to reinforce this, which again, I think hypnosis, meditation, 
are so helpful with the weight loss because they calm you down at such a fundamental level and you can start to see things more clearly because there's a good chance that this is affecting you. So again, take some time and think about it. Do I have a scarcity mentality? Am I worried that um, financially I might lose everything and not be able to eat? And, and if you're thinking that on some weird level because you've had stressful times in the past with food scarcity, reinforce and remind yourself the situation now is that there's an abundance and that you don't need to eat it all because the environment has changed and start to kind of cool down those feelings and those automatic reactions. And I think you're gonna find that it makes it a lot easier to eat just the right amount of food so that you can achieve the goal what you wanna live at. I hope this helps you out. Um, if anyone has any f questions, feel free to ask them. We'll get into them. Um, scanning through, make sure I don't miss any. Uh, wasabi Nakabi. I feel like it was a different word. Wasn't it? Oh, Wasabi Nakabi. I love that. Hi, Jim. I'm finally early. All right. I know and I'm late. So good. Good. Uh, that worked out well, right? I, uh, yeah, I got, got caught up a little bit today. Is water enhancer okay? I'm working on more water. Ah, water enhancers. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, before I answer that, I want to go back to a, a bigger frame that'll help you answer all these questions. Everything's relative. Okay. So if you're, you know, if you drink three Cokes a day or three sodas a day and you want to drink more water and you use flavor enhancers to do that, you know, flavor enhancers versus sodas, huge improvement. Right. So everything's relative and we want to measure ourselves based on where we're at there. We do not want to be thinking. Absolutely. Is flavor enhancer better than no flavor enhancer? If you're drinking the same amount of water. Yeah, I'd go with just the regular water. But if you're switching from soda to water and the flavor enhancer helps you drink more water, I would say that's a step in the right direction. Great. Now, when it comes to the specific flavor enhancers, depends what we're talking about here. OK, I see um, someone just recently uh, exposed me to what's it called? Like water talk? Like it's a water TikTok, you know? And, uh, it's this, you know, I'll leave it to America. It's, uh, it's just unbelievable. If you haven't seen this, I'd never seen this before. And what it is, is you go and you get your water and they have like, it looks like, uh, you know, who does this is like the, like the snow cone makers or like, uh, you know, like where you go to snow cone and they put, well, what flavor you want? You're like, oh, strawberry and cherry, whatever. And you, you put the pumps in or like Starbucks does this, right? Where they put the pumps of the flavoring in, you know, to the drink. And so they're taking their water and they're holding it into all the different water pumps. And it's, it's it looks like it's sugar chemicals coloring um, that they're putting in there. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think that's what we're going to do. We don't want to go from soda to just our own homemade soda. So again, it, it turns out again, there's all kinds of flavor enhancers. There's, uh, you know, soda waters with natural flavors in them. I think that's a great step. Uh, again, I think ideally where I want to get to me personally, the way I look at it is I want to get to just plain old natural water, not just because of the water in my body, but I'm also, I think of the water as a way to calibrate my taste buds to natural flavors. So I like to eat, I am intentionally eating blander, more natural foods because I'm looking to calibrate my tongue to natural flavors. And this is my argument for not drinking diet soda. Like again, is the, is the artificial sweetener better than sugar? I don't even know about that anyways. But one thing I do know is that if you're consuming artificial sweeteners or real sweeteners, it's so sweet. It's so much sweeter than anything you're eating in nature, you know, short of honey. And so 
if you eat these highly sweet flavors, when you go and eat a carrot, an apple, a banana, natural foods, it's gonna taste really boring and bland and you're probably not gonna eat much of it. So in my mind, I'm also thinking on the level, yeah, I wanna get water in my body for sure, but I'm also drinking the water knowing that it's calibrating my taste buds to natural flavor profiles. So when I'm drinking just plain old water and then I go and eat an apple, or a banana, I'm, I'm appreciating the flavors more. I have a higher sensitivity to those flavors because my taste buds aren't getting blown out by artificial sweeteners, you know, flavorings, all the rest of it. So again, I, I always like, people ask me questions and I wanna just give you like a simple answer, but I never find simple answers in life. So again, flavor enhancers, you know, it's, it's taking relativity into account and then optimizing towards the more natural, less sweet flavors. And, and certainly not going in the direction of water talk. <laughs> do not do that. I, I, you know, again, we don't want to, you know, yeah, okay, it's better than coffees with all these flavorings in them, but I do not want to start my day or throughout my day just be pumping liquid sugar into my body. I do not want to do that for a number of reasons. All right, so that's kind of my long-winded answer to that question. And I hope that helps you out. Um, Suze says, how can I get rid of belly fat? I'm weight training, getting strong, 51 female. Um, you know, you get rid of belly fat by getting rid of fat. There's no spot reduction. That, that's an illusion. You can't just magically make the fat disappear from your belly. Um, now, that being said, people tend to lose weight in certain areas first, you know. But at the end of the day, what it really comes down to is just overall reducing fat in your body. And, um, you know, what I always talk about, really, it, it's beyond just how you look. It's really about, I always say, like, like what we're talking about here. And what I talk about every day, by the way, if you're if you're not uh, you know a usual here, I'm here every day, Monday through Friday, usually noonish, a little late today. Um, do these live every day, but I like to take weight loss and wrap it in personal development. Make this about becoming the best version of yourself possible. And so the weight piece is one of that. Fat loss is one piece of that. Getting stronger is one piece of that. But it's all in service of you becoming the best version of yourself possible. So you won't find a lot of like gratifying answers for me with questions that are just about how you're going to look, because that's really kind of far down the line. I'm really much more focused on how you're feeling, who you're becoming. Um, so I, I don't have the expertise and I don't have the focus on just like visually how you can make yourself look better by reducing belly fat. However, again, I certainly help people reduce belly fat constantly because they're reducing fat overall. And if you reduce overall fat, the belly's part of that, okay? But great job working out, weight training, getting stronger, super job. That's quite an accomplishment. You know, that, that's a hard thing to do sometimes. <laughs> yeah, Wasabi said, yeah, water talk, right? What a crazy world, huh? Yeah, the Ninja Thirsty. It's, it's a crazy world. When I saw that, and my, my, my daughter and my wife were showing, they, they couldn't wait to show it to me because it, it's just so not, it's just so crazy. We just live in such a world, you know? Everything is always just being adulterated and changed. You know, the idea, you know, and I will tell you, getting my water habit, I always talk about like eight lifestyle habits that I work on with my clients and I follow. Um, water was the hardest one of them for me to consistently do. You know, it took a lot of effort and time and energy to really work it in so that I consistently drink at least one to two of these a day, every day. Um, and it's just plain old water. But as I said, it, it's more to just, just drinking the water. I'm also using it for other reasons, calibrate my taste. And then there's even reasons beyond that. But yeah, water talk is crazy. What a crazy world. And it's just another soft drink. It's just another sugar drink. And sugar drinks are bad news because when you drink your calories in the form of sugar-based drinks, alcohol, your body's not good at measuring those calories, right? Because in nature where we evolved, there was no liquid calories. 
you know, short of milk, which we weaned off of. And so there was no liquid calories. And so our body doesn't like really, it, it doesn't, you know, if you, if you drink 250 calories versus eating 250 calories, your body has a much better sense of absorbing and, and appreciating that we consume those calories. Whereas a lot of the liquid calories kind of pass right by and we're still hungry, you know? So, um, I'm using kind of simple terms to explain it, but yeah, water talk. <laughs> uh, could we have this healthy lifestyle and still eat chocolate every day or should we keep fit flavor bland? No, that's a great question. I, um, me personally, I eat chocolate pretty much every day. So I, I'm very, very strategic. You know, one of the things I like to do is I like to, I, first of all, program yourself into my weight, weight loss program, really my weight mastery program. I'll get into that in a second. But um, we follow a weight mastery pyramid. Whereas most people when they try and lose weight are just trying to change what they're eating. Maybe they're trying to change exercising. The weight mastery pyramid is eating on the top, but then underneath it is lifestyle and mindset. And I put it in that order to really illustrate the importance of each one. Mindset's the most important thing for your weight. More important than anything. Genetics, hormones, thyroid, insulin resistance, any of it. Always your mindset's the most important piece. And on top of that's lifestyle. Now eating's the most important in terms of weight, but your eating is absolutely gonna be controlled ultimately by your lifestyle and your mindset. So when it comes to a healthy lifestyle, again, I talk about the eight habits we go through, which in order of importance, sleeping, hydration, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. Um, but we do all those things in service of getting our eating under control. And the eating strategy we use, again, this is a philosophy, so it doesn't have to start this way, but it's five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating. So we, we designate those days just so we can kind of see them clearly. Now within my clean days, I'm really looking to remove as much sugar, as much kind of refined carbs um, as possible and eat as natural and whole foods as I can, can be eating. Um, however, I find that eating chocolate after dinner, and again, I eat a high quality chocolate, I find that that really works well for me. So again, you can engineer whatever works best for you. And that's the point of, of when we talk about the eating mastery, you've got to figure out what works best for you. And so if what works best for you is looking forward to knowing that you can have that piece of chocolate at the end of the day, and it allows you to kind of keep everything else in check, great. You know, so we got to get out of that dieting mindset of all or nothing, I think is, is very toxic and unhelpful. And the idea that we can't eat chocolate, there, there's pretty much, when it comes to weight loss, there's nothing you, you can't do, you know? Um, within reason, you know what I'm saying, but there's no reason in the world you have to completely give up chocolate. If you love chocolate, we want to optimize around that. We want to keep the chocolate and then make changes in other places. We may have to change how we're eating the chocolate. We can't eat, you know, 2000 calories of chocolate every day. You, you heard what I'm saying? We, we're going to have to probably change how we're eating the chocolate, but we can still keep it in the mix. You know, we just need to be strategic in other ways as well. So I, I hope that that points to it. And I think I have found chocolate wise, like if I eat a peanut butter, I do this every, I don't really eat much like kind of like um, typical candies anymore, but uh, I do at Halloween. Halloween, I give myself kind of a week or two to eat, you know, just regular shitty candy. And um, what I, I experience the same thing every year. I eat it for the first time. I said, this isn't even good. What was I thinking? This is gross. Five minutes later, I'm like, is there any more of it? And then that kicks off then with a week or two. Where I'm just, I'm eating it kind of consistently. It's very unsatisfying for me. Um, the the kind of processed shitty chocolates, I'm not, I want to say them, but you know what they are. The ones you see in the convenience store. 
versus a higher quality chocolate. I find the experience is completely different. And I find that with the high quality chocolate, I can have small pieces of it and I'm much more satisfied. Whereas the other one, I just want more and more and more and more and more of it. So, um, yeah, so, so it's kind of strategic, it's being strategic with what you're doing. Um, but also keeping the flavor bland, but it doesn't be bland, it just has to be more natural. But again, the, the more crazy flavors you're eating, processed foods you're eating, it is blowing your flavor profiles out of out of control and it makes it hard to uh, to control the weight, you know? Um, yeah, so obviously says, I really appreciate it. The hypnosis is already helping. That's super, I'm really glad. Yeah, the hypnosis is so powerful, right? Such a helpful thing that a lot of people haven't really utilized. Um, so by the way, folks, if, if you're not in my world, uh, the easiest thing you can do is go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session I give you. It's free. It's called the New Thin Me. Uh, it's a kickstart session. It's about 10 minutes long. And then I give you a video, Three Steps to Master Your Weight. Watch that. And then I email you every day, um, positive, encouraging things. So I'm here to help you. Um, I have a program too. You know, I, I sell a program. You can work with me, but uh, I'm here to help you for free as well. Uh, Destiny says, how can I apply the life or death analogy you use for weight loss to my mindset? Uh, yeah, I think that's a great question. It is life or death in my opinion. Now, you, you probably don't have my history. My history is that my father died when he was 54 of a heart attack. I was nine years old. Um, most traumatic thing I've experienced in life. So for me, it's an easy it's an easy connection to make because he was obese and um, he, he wasn't morbidly obese. I want to be clear. He was obese, though. He was beyond overweight and he lived uh, an unhealthy lifestyle, you know, no doubt. Smoked, um, a lot of stress, hard work. I think he was the greatest guy on the planet. So again, these things all go together. Uh, but so for me, it's easy to associate weight with life and death, you know? And so here I sit in front of you, you know, again, for me, I want to master my weight. See, most people are just thinking, I want to lose weight because I want to look better, you see? And that's not going to be enough motivation. And the best example I see, we just discovered this the other night when I was talking with, with uh, John, who I think may be here. But, um, you know, if someone was an alcoholic and you said to him, hey, you should stop drinking. You'll look way better. You'll, you'll kind of lose that, 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 that <laughs> you'll drop a little bit of weight. You'll look slimmer and you'll be like, that's never going to work for an alcoholic or a drug addict, right? Hey, you stopped doing the drugs. You, your skin looks a little, little pale, right? If you stop doing the drugs, you're going to look a lot better, right? Like goofy, goofy. But when it comes to weight loss, right? That's what's supposed to motivate you, right? That's the motivation, is that you're supposed to just want to look better and that's going to override everything else. And even despite the fact that it never works, <laughs> people still trying to motivate themselves by wanting to look better. Again, it can be part of the puzzle for sure. But for most people, it's not enough motivation. And the, the craziest part of what we live in right now, I always like to make this analogy, is where we're living, in terms of food, where we're living is where we were at with cigarettes in the 1950s. Yeah, 1950s. Um, because in the 1950s, there was a lot of smoking, but people didn't really associate the health, the negative health effects to cigarettes. I know it's hard to believe this now, right? But it's like there used to be commercials with doctors. They're smoking. It's the healthiest brand of cigarette is blah, 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 blah. And they're talking, it was always talking about health. And so it was always minimizing the negative health effects of cigarettes. And that's the big shift that happened with cigarettes is that there was so much education and science and studies that linked cigarettes to lung cancer. And it took all of that education and conditioning to really wake us up to it. But where we're at now with the food is we're constantly being conditioned to minimize the health impacts of the food to the point that we're at now. Smoking and weight-related issues are always running neck and neck for the number one cause of preventable death. 
So what you are putting into your mouth in your life consistently is probably going to be the number one factor that impacts how long you live and without question is going to be one of the top factors of your quality of life while you're here. Now, when I say that, I think you would agree with that, right? It's got to be towards the top, okay? But that's not how we think about it. Because think about this, every weight loss ad you've seen in your life, every diet ad, and you've seen millions of them, it's always the before and after picture, which subconsciously associates motivation for weight loss to be the superficial, I want to look better. It ain't up to the task. And what's really going on, it's true, is that what you're eating, your weight, your health, all of these things are going to be the number one thing that affects how long you're going to live on this earth. And not to bum you all out, but again, if you focus on your mortality, you're going to realize that your mortality and your quality of life now and up until that moment, the main thing impacting that is going to be your weight because of how you're eating. And so this is how you get to a more life and death mindset about this. And so it's very helpful because A, I think it's way more accurate. Would you not agree that what you're eating consistently has a huge impact on your longevity and your quality of life and your health? I think we all agree with that, right? <laughs> Some people don't. I know, again, I love the body positivity. I like the part of it, don't feel any shame and, and be proud of yourself. I love that part. But then the subtle idea that, that obese is healthy too. What? I, 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 parts of me thinks that that's all funded by the food industry. I, I don't know. I'm a conspiratorial minded and you would too if you knew what I knew about all this. But um, yeah, it's life or death, I think. And I think until you get to the point that you think of it as life and death, I think it's almost pointless to start a diet. Because I always say this, you're not going to like this, folks, but you weigh what you want. I think you weigh what you want. I don't, if you're struggling to lose weight or you, you're overweight and you don't like it and you've been trying to lose weight for 30 years, I think the core reason why the first thing you got to accomplish is you got to actually get motivated. I don't think you're motivated. I think you would, you, you, you wish you'd lose weight. You wish you'd wake up tomorrow and start eating better and doing all the shit, but I don't think you really want to. I think you you want to keep eating and living the way you're living, and I don't think you really want to lose weight. And I think a lot of people are bullshitting themselves, telling themselves, oh, I want to lose weight more than anything else. I've done everything I can to lose weight. I, I have never seen that. I've been doing this 20 years. I have never worked with someone who has consistently changed their eating and lifestyle who has not lost weight over time. I've, I just haven't seen it. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm, I'm not a doctor. Maybe it's possible somehow, but I've never seen it. And um, so I, I, what I have seen a lot of is people that aren't truly motivated. And if you don't believe that, let me know and I will prove it to you. <laughs> but that's how you get the life and death mindset. And again, once you have that, once you, once you frame this process as life and death, you've done yourself a huge service because once you boost your motivation to a high level, everything else is way easier. You would have to agree with this in life, isn't it? Things when you're truly motivated to do something, it's way easier to do the thing. I think you struggle so much to lose weight because you're not truly motivated. That's what I think. <laughs> so that's that's an important piece of the puzzle. But that's a great question too. I'm glad you, you saw that and thought and been thinking about that. Is the chocolate you eat regular or low sugar, extra dark? Extra dark. So the more cocoa in it, um, it seems like the better. You know, and it has a fundamental difference. It's not me just mindset and willpowering it. I eat, I eat like the peanut butter cup. I want more of them, more of them, more of them, more of them. It's, it's, it's always like this hunger, it starts triggering. If I eat that healthy chocolate, the, the dark chocolate, like 80, 90% chocolate, um, and sometimes there's raspberries in it, sometimes there's almonds in it. Although I watch out with the almonds because the crunch makes it more addictive. Um, so for me, it's, it's usually like a dark piece of chocolate. It affects me differently. So yeah, it's not regular. It's usually a higher quality chocolate, um, higher chocolate content. And so 
experiment with it. Check it out. Maybe it'll happen for you too. And if it does, it, it makes everything a lot easier. I look forward to that chocolate and it's nice knowing I can eat it and not have to fight against it um, afterwards. Um, user 903 says, I'm on a 1400 calorie count and exercise. I've lost 10 pounds in two months. Shouldn't it go faster? Um, shouldn't it go faster? You know, I, I love that question because, th you know, that, that's why I hate calorie counters because they're just guesstimates. What you quickly find when you watch um, like weight loss studies, they put people in metabolic labs where they're tracking every calorie in, every calorie out. It's a group of people. And at the end of a few months, you realize they lose weight at different speeds, doing everything the same. And you really got to internalize that because if you go into the weight loss process uh, thinking you're going to lose two pounds a week and then you don't, it's very discouraging and it's hard to keep going. So yeah, 1400 calorie count and exercise and I've lost 10 pounds in two months. Uh, you know, I, that's where I, I love that weight loss rate for my people. Now my people aren't typically doing 1400 calories and kill themselves with exercise. So um, my first, right off the bat, my question is, shouldn't it go faster? Not necessarily, you know, and that's something you really have got to think on because listen, as a dieter, the, the worst thing about being a dieter is your expectations are fucked. Your, your expectations are so wrong, they're almost guaranteeing you're going to fail. You have seen and been exposed to so many ads, diet ads in your life, that you now, you think two pounds a week is a low goal. You know what I mean? So it's such a hard thing. That's one of the hardest things about weight loss is that your expectations are over the moon. And those expectations have a huge impact on your motivation. So two pounds you know, 10 pounds in two months, five pounds a month, I think is glorious because again, but what I'm always doing is I'm always thinking long-term, but five pounds a month in a comfortable way is 50 pounds a year and five pounds a month is sustainable. Well, I don't know if 1400 calories is sustainable. That's an extreme thing. So I don't know, you know, my, my question for you, I wouldn't be so concerned about shouldn't it go faster. I'd be more concerned with how you feel in doing this. So again, I'm all about weight mastery. Most people are, are focused on weight loss. Weight loss is just focused on getting to your goal weight. Weight mastery is about focusing on living at your goal weight forever. And so they're two totally different things. So when I work with people, I don't give a shit how quickly they lose weight because the quickest way to lose weight requires the most extreme strategy. And the most extreme strategies are the ones that don't last long. So I believe you've got to shift your focus from losing weight to living at your goal weight. Um, so again, my question to you, if I was speaking with you, my first question you would be is, how is it feeling? Does it feel sustainable? That's the more interesting question to me. And if you're doing 400 calories and it feels great and you could do this forever and you're exercising, you could do it forever and you love it, great. If you're starting to teeter and you're starting to feel your motivation wane because you're having a hard time keeping that up, that, that, that would require another conversation, you know? Because if it's not sustainable, what's the point of doing something? You know, but, but again, it doesn't necessarily shouldn't go faster. I think what you're accomplishing is great as long as how you're doing it feels okay. Okay, but you gotta take that piece into account too. Um, do you have tips on, on now to lose weight with PCOS? Yeah, on how to lose weight with PCOS. Yeah, the tips to lose weight with PCOS are the same tips I give for people that lose weight with everything. But I do highlight one part a little bit more. Again, the weight mastery pyramid is mindset, lifestyle, eating. And I think when you have physical challenges, menopause, hormonal issues, thyroid issues, insulin resistance, PCOS, Hashimoto's, whatever, I think that 
the lifestyle piece becomes even more important for you. And I don't think, when you have a physical issue, I don't think just focusing on the eating is gonna be enough for you. I think the lifestyle piece becomes really, really important because when you improve the lifestyle piece, and specifically what I'm talking about, proper sleep, hydration, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. When you weave these things into your life and your lifestyle begins to have those things in it, you start to positively impact your body the same way that those other things are negatively impacting your body. And you start to counteract them and sometimes surpass the negative effects of those. Um, but at the very least, that lifestyle sets you up to eat in a way that's going to let you take control of your weight regardless. So again, I have a client who has PCOS and she's losing weight. So again, what I will say is that there's always reality. It's easier and harder for different people to lose weight. People lose weight at different rates and speeds and different situations change that up too. Menopause, obviously Hashimoto's, PCOS. They're real things. Again, I'm, I'm acknowledging that. But I think you need a real holistic, comprehensive strategy to deal with it. And I don't think just having PCOS or insulin resistance and then just cutting the calories, yeah, you're probably not getting the results you used to get before that, that situation. That's possible. But um, it just means you, you got to require extra focus on the lifestyle piece. And I, I, you can still get results is what I see, you know. So those are my tips is to really, really focus in on the lifestyle piece, you know, especially. Connie says, analogy to cigarettes is so spot on. Our food will have warning labels. We are finally waking up. Yeah, absolutely. Our food will have warning labels. This food is is dangerous, folks. I just, I, oh, man, this is one of my, I got to get this done. I got a, a lesson I'm putting together for this book, Ultra Processed People. Um, listen, here it is, folks. This is why I'm a paranoid person. The food companies, well, first of all, the reason you're struggling to lose weight is because you have no idea how to lose weight. You've been exposed to diets your whole life. Everything you're referencing to lose weight is a diet. And all the diets you're referencing are owned by food companies. What? What, Jim? Yeah. Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Uh, Atkins Food Products is owned by the same company that owns Onions, Pretzels, Carvel, and Cinnabon. Slim Fast, owned by the same company that owns Ben & Jerry's. I don't think they want you to lose weight. I don't think they want you to stop eating their food. And the food industry is the same thing as the cigarette industry. Jim, what are you talking? Now you've gone too far. Have I? Nabisco and RJR Reynolds are literally merged together as the same company. The parent company of Kraft is Philip Morris. So the cigarette companies in the 70s saw the writing on the wall, right? The public was waking up to the, the damage of the cigarettes. So they divested from the cigarettes and went into food. And they brought the same exact strategies of making the most addictive product possible, using the most aggressive marketing they could, and confusing the shit out of us and sitting on studies that prove how damaging it is. And so here we are in an environment where we're surrounded by food cigarettes that we just don't realize are unhealthy yet. And that's a, such an important point about the cigarettes because it's hard to believe now we know how dangerous they are and how scary it is. But 100 years ago, people didn't think that. If you put me in a time machine and someone's smoking, I say, hey, don't do that. You're going to get lung cancer. They're going to look at me like I'm crazy. Do you understand? So you can't just rely on your own body's ability to say, oh, no, I know this is bad for me. We can be tricked. And we're all being tricked with the food. This comes back to the life or death analogy. You're literally killing yourself. I mean, at this point, it's so crazy because I had someone join my program and they were talking about diabetes, how they had, diabetes was in their family. So they had a first first um, person account of it. And, you know, amputations, um, neuropathy, awful things. And we live in a society where we just, diabetes, I mean, I'll probably get diabetes, I'll probably get it. We just accept it. And I'm telling you, this is, we're in 1950s cigarette mode with the food and it's killing us and making our quality of life horrible, but we're not able to see it clearly at this point. 
there will be warning labels on food. The food that people are eating, this processed food, is causing all kinds of problems in addition to just the weight issue. Um, you know, so again, even the diabetes thing to me is one of those things. Cause it's like type two diabetes is almost just like, it's just like a badge of getting older now. You know what I mean? That's how crazy our thinking's getting and diabetes is awful. You know what I mean? Like it's not just something, cause again, what do we think? Oh, I'll just manage it. I'll just I'll take insulin. That's like, that's the beginning levels of diabetes. It gets worse, you know, but we don't, we don't interpret that way a lot of times, you know, unless you actually knew someone that had it. You know, so we just live in a crazy world, you know, but anyways, so, um, yeah, the analogy of cigarettes is absolutely spot on. It's exactly what we're going through. So wake up with that and see things more accurately because you don't want to wait in 20 years, we'll have warnings on food labels, but you don't want to spend the next 20 years putting this shit in your body. Just like the cigarettes. Don't you wish they would have let people, you know how many people died? You know, the most, the most, they say that the deadliest invention of human man, humankind is, is cigarettes. It's killed more people than anything else. So the food's, the food's trying to catch up, you know? So we got to see it for what it is. Um, thinking fat can be healthy is funded by denial. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think it's denial. And I, I think, again, oh man, the, the, these food companies, again, I don't think they're, whether, I don't think cigarette companies want to kill people. I just think they don't, hey, if that's just the price of doing business, that's the price of doing business. I think the same thing with the food. I don't think they want to kill you and make your life miserable. I just think that's just a side effect of making the profit. And um, I, I don't know, like, these guys are so fucking shady. I was just reading, I, I think it might have been ultra-processed people, but Coca-Cola was like one of the main funders of the Global Energy Balance Network. So they, they confuse us. You, you feel confused about how to lose weight, do you? Right? You're not sure what to do. That's not unintentional. They're constantly throwing shit out. So the, the energy balance thing was basically saying, you know, the reason that people are overweight now is because they don't move as much as they used to. You know, that's not why, folks. It's because we eat a lot more calories than we used to, okay? But they're constantly confusing us with all these different studies and concepts and ideas. So you get to the point, I don't even know what to do, you know? So be careful with that. So I think, I, I truly believe in my heart that that whole body positivity movement, which again, I like the one part of it, don't feel bad because you're overweight. It, please, you're still, you're just as worthy, you're just as good of a person as anyone. Um, I, I hate that about the weight. It's so unfair because we all got our bullshit. We're all shitty habits, bad vices. We all got them. But the weight one is for everyone to see. You know what I mean? But listen, we all got them. So I, I, I like that part of the body positive movement. I do not like the part where so oh, obese is, is healthy. I don't believe that. And that's what part of me thinks. I would not be surprised to find that there was food, you know, industrial funding behind that, you know, because it just confuses us more. You know, oh, I should lose weight. I don't know. Oh, well, maybe it's not that. I read it wasn't that bad. You know what I mean? And that's why I'm saying you got to make this a life or death issue. Just like the cigarettes. You know, hey, you should stop smoking cigarettes. It's it's making your fingers yellow. That ain't going to be enough to stop someone from a nicotine addiction, you know? So we need to have a deeper reason why, you know, I think. But yeah, if you got any questions, feel free to ask them. Let's see here. Hannah says, is a 10-pound weight range too high? Should it be more of a 5-pound range? That's a good question. I, you know, I always lead off with saying there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you, okay? But that being said, I personally, I I follow a 5-pound version, you know? So I... I've been so I lost 50 pounds, but I, I maintained the same weight for 30 years. I went blip 12 years ago, um, but I keep myself within a five pound range. So if I start getting up to the five pound outer limit of my goal weight, that's when I'll start to kind of kick on the jets and clean things up and, and get myself back down. I think if you let yourself get to 10, 
that's that's more time, that's more weight, that's more bad habits. I think it's going to be harder, you know. So again, everything I'm doing is oriented around living at my goal weight, and so I like to cut. I like to keep around a five pound uh, max, you know. Th- that's me personally for exactly the reasons, you know. Five pounds to ten pounds, that's just more time, more bad habits, all that stuff, and so I think it's going to make it harder to get back on track. So when I get to five, I like to kick the jets on and, and get myself back on track. But it's up to you to figure out what works best for you. Um, the desire for rapid weight loss is rooted in a fundamental problem with gratification. Yeah, I get that for sure. That's for sure. I mean, there's we have a, well, have a cognitive bias. It's called future discounting. We discount the future. If I say I'll give you 100 bucks now or 200 bucks in two years, most people take the 100 bucks now. Thank you very much, right? So that, that taps into this whole process that the idea of losing weight quickly is motivating because it's closer to us. And the idea of setting ourselves up for long-term success is not. It's like compound interest is like this. We know it's really powerful, but in the short term, it kind of, it's painful, right? Just giving the money away and we're not really getting much back, but it really reveals itself over time, how powerful it is. And so what I always talk about with people, there's a great quote, right? People overestimate how much weight they can lose in a month and underestimate how much weight they can lose in a year. And so we need to like fight against that bias we all have to want to get instant results because those instant results are really at best short-term results because it's very difficult to keep up a 1400 calorie a day diet um no no carbs not eating for 16 hours all these extreme things that are so appealing to us are also really shitty track record for long-term results so that's where we got to use our big old human prefrontal cortex and say i know i feel this way and i know i want to do this but I need to be an adult and I need to see the bigger picture. Now you do this all the time. I mean, I know there's there's vices you have or things that you may want to do um, that you don't do because you look at the bigger picture. You ever woken up one day and you want to just stay in bed, but you get yourself to go to work, <laughs> yeah, right? So it's like, it's, it's getting that level of thinking and applying it to your weight is pr- tremendously powerful. This is why I say the mindset piece is the biggest piece of the puzzle for you. There's no question about it because your mindset, how you're framing things is impacting everything else. And as a dieter, just to be honest, you got, you got a shitty mindset. The truth is you really got two mindsets. You got an overweight mindset, which is your normal, natural mindset. If you're not dieting, you're just doing things like an overweight person naturally and automatically. Then sometimes you get real pissed. You say, I'm going to lose the weight. Now you go into diet mode where you consciously try and fight against that mindset. Right, because when you lose weight, it feels like you're fighting against yourself. You are. You're fighting against your subconscious mind with your conscious mind. You can only do this for a little while, or at best, you get down to your goal weight. But the same problem exists that you got an overweight mindset in this diet mode. And so, the real solution long term is to create a thin and healthy mindset that runs on autopilot. That's why I always say I would suggest you upgrade your goal from wanting to lose weight to wanting to get to your goal weight, and then live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot. Thanks, Lorena. Um, I think that's a much better upgrade that that focuses you much more on the goal you actually want. By focusing just on weight loss, most likely you're just going to keep on recycling through the same exact thing where you lose weight, put it back on, lose weight, put it back on. And you can do that forever. I've worked with, I've talked to people in their seventies. Wisdom, the the wisdom that comes with age does not seem to affect that at all. You got to change your mindset. That's why I get out here and do this every day. Try and change your mindset. Have you think about this differently? Um, do you think we should reach the normal BMI for our height or just the weight that makes us comfortable? Um, yeah, the weight that makes you comfortable because I think the BMI chart, I think is a good place to start. But um, again, I was just speaking of some of my program. She's She lifts a lot of weight, so she's extremely muscular. And so in a muscular situation, the BMI chart's not a great 
you know, but I think using it as the initial ballpark, I think is good. And then take into account your specific situation. And then ultimately, here's the thing, because this is a great conversation too. And imagine this, your goal weight's probably bullshit. I bet your goal weight's fucking bullshit. <laughs> what do I mean by that? I think, I think deep down, you don't even want to weigh that. Why? Because we can't just pick a goal weight and put it in a vacuum. And, and I, I can't tell you that I've, I've been doing this for 20 years professionally. I've done almost 6,000 private weight loss sessions, okay? And I work with very smart people, intelligent people. And I consistently ask, what's your goal weight? And they'll tell me, and I'll say, why? Why is that your goal weight? Mm, uh, that's what I weighed when I was 22. That's what I weighed when I got married. That's what I weighed when I lost all the weight on Weight Watchers. The most ridiculous, well, that's what I weighed when I was 12. Oof. So again, we can't just pick a weight that we want to weigh, we've got to take into account how we have to eat and live in order to achieve that weight. And I see the vast majority of people choosing a weight that they're not willing to eat and live at. So what's the point? What is the point? You need to pick the weight that's going to give you the best quality of life. And that's not just a number. It's also taking into account how you have to eat and live. And I find a lot of people choosing a weight that's too low. So this is what I'm saying. You don't want to, you don't, yeah, you'd love to be that weight if you could just magically snap your fingers and be that weight. But you don't want to be that weight if it requires you eating and living this way. And so as long as you have that incongruence subconsciously, you're never going to get the weight loss you want. So yeah, I think ultimately you've got to choose the weight. Again, I think, I think looking at the BMI chart as a beginning point is, is a good strategy just to kind of get a ballpark where things are at. Then take into account your specific situation. If you're a bodybuilder, the BMI doesn't make a lot of sense. Okay, so you got to adjust for that. But if you're just the average person, I think it's a nice place to start. But then again, we figure out where's my best quality of life? Because your best quality of life is not eating a thousand calories a day, you know, making yourself, and again, I'm not saying, maybe you love eating a thousand calories a day. But what I'm saying is your, your best quality of life weight-wise cannot be a weight that requires you to live a miserable lifestyle and eat in a way that's very stressful to you. Does that make sense? We've got to look at the full picture and we got to look for where we get the best return on investment for the weight that's going to make us happiest, but also take into account how we're going to eat and live and balancing that out. And I find people not doing that because none of you want to do your diet forever. That's why when I say live at your goal weight forever, and I say like, like mastering your weight is a never ending marathon. People freak out because they think, oh my God, I'm gonna do keto forever. You don't want to do keto forever. You don't want to intermittent fast forever. You don't want to count and track your points forever. You don't eat 1400 calories forever. And as soon as you add the forever label, you freak out, which is really to me, real good evidence that you should cut the shit with the diets. The diets are temporary solutions. And do you, I know you don't want a temporary solution, but that's what you keep doing. You know, so you need a better plan, but it all starts with choosing the right goal weight that's really built on long-term success, you know? Um, the weight recommended for my height based on BMI seems really low, especially for someone with a larger frame. Yeah, I get that. I, I totally agree with that. This is what I'm saying. You got to make it congruent. And I will tell you this, from what I've seen, I'm not a doctor, so take this with a grain of salt, but when it comes to the BMI, normal range, overweight range, a lot of the, the health markers can be very similar in those ranges. So... I, I I do believe, now again, don't, um, go verify this, but I believe that you could be in the overweight range and be just as healthy as normal. I I, I believe this. I think you get into obesity, not, not long, no longer the truth. 
Okay, I, I have not seen that. Obesity causes all sorts of health issues. Okay, there's always outliers, but but vast majority of people, obese level, you're you're going to have some issues eventually. And so overweight does not seem to be that. So again, I think you're absolutely right that you figure out a weight that, that you're truly congruent with, that you really resonate with. Like I'm telling you, I weigh what I want to weigh. And I love living this way. I love eating the way I live. I love what I weigh. I love it. Now, when I mentioned 12 years ago was my one blip. Um, it was a crazy time of life. I moved into a new house. We redid the whole house. I had a brand new baby who didn't sleep well at all. Um, running a business. A lot of stress and energy and focus on other areas. And so... It was harder for me to live the same lifestyle the same way as I was living my goal weight. So I put 25 pounds on, but then I quickly dropped 15 of it and I raised my goal weight at that time, at that moment in time, because it was harder for me to, to get down to that lower level. Life had changed. Since then, life's returned back to normal. I've kind of backed down to that level. But you can, your goal weight can change based on the, the reality you're living in. Crazy concept. You know, but again, it takes looking on the, the both sides of the equation with your goal weight. It can't just be the goal weight you want to live at. You got to take into account the other side of it, right? And pick the one that works best for you. Um, found myself saying to my hubby today, "Don't you want to live at your goal weight forever on your autopilot?" <laughs> That's awesome, Connie. I know, and I say that all the time. That's a hypnotic suggestion, right? I always tell you guys this: that I'm. If you listen to the podcast, even it'll affect you because I'm not just, uh, I'm not just uh, t- telling you stuff. I, I'm using strategy and communicating in a way to speak to your subconscious mind, and my my goal is to to influence you. So, so it starts to change your behaviors. That's what I do with my clients. I don't want to just tell you stuff and you force yourself to do it. I'm, I'm helping you to reframe things, think about things differently, shift associations, put new mantras and ideas in your mind to help you develop a new mindset. And that's one of them, right? That you want to live at your goal way for the rest of your life on your autopilot. That's a very powerful hypnotic suggestion. And when you start thinking about that as the goal, that goal requires a different strategy than I just want to lose weight as quick as possible. You see, and so it starts to become a counterpoint because we always learn through contrast and you've never had a contrasted weight loss approach. Your weight loss approach is always diet based, you know, or surgery or medicine. It's always those three things. You don't even know what a mindset approach would be. So that's why I get out here every single day. This is my mission. My mission in life is to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. And that requires that you change your mindset, the way you're thinking about this whole thing. And once you start seeing things in a different way, it now, it always say like, you can't read the, you can't read the label when you're inside the pill bottle. You see what I mean? And so you're inside the diet or mindset and inside the diet or mindset, you can't even see how ridiculous it is. So the more you listen to me, the more you start to be able to get outside of that bottle and see dieting for what it is. And just that alone, I don't need to do anything more than that. Once you get outside of it and you look at the dieting, mindset and approach from a distance, you realize how fucking stupid it is. Absolutely stupid. And I know it's stupid. I never get, I've been doing this. I've been doing these lives, the podcast for like a year and a half now. I have never once, not even one time. And I get a lot of dipshits on these. Okay. So I want you to know, I get a lot of, I get people saying dumb shit regularly, but not even one time have I had one person say, dieting really does work. I just realized that. That's how deeply you know deep down that it doesn't work at all. And yet you just keep trying it, but you just keep trying it because you have no other alternative. You just think that is the way it is. 
And so I get out here and tell you, no, it's not. That's one way. You've been conditioned so completely by the diet industry since you were born, right? All of us at this point, we have been surrounded by diet mentality our whole lives when it comes to weight loss. So we got to get outside and see things differently, which again is why I tell you, go to my bio, get the hypnosis session, watch the video I made for you, read the emails. It helps you to see things from a different angle. And that alone allows you to use your big old brain because I know if you're listening to me, you're an overthinker. Um, you're thinking all the time. You're a smart person. And I know you're you're tortured by the thoughts that, that are basically, what's wrong with me? Why can't I lose this weight? Why, why do I keep eating like shit? Why can't I get myself to eat healthy? You're obsessed with these thoughts. But if I can get your, your smart, intelligent, overthinking brain to start thinking in the ways that I'm talking about, you very quickly wake up from the diet trance and you can see things clearly. And that's when you start walking the, pa- the path of weight mastery, which I think is a much better path to watch. Um, Hannah, I feel like you keep asking that question. I answered it, right? I, did you hear my answer? I don't mind going through it again if, if you didn't see it. But I feel like at this point I got to that answer. Um, um, um. Kara says, thanks for spreading the truth over and over for us. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. It is over and over, right? What's up, Lorena? Yeah, I've listened to many of your podcasts. They're awesome. Yeah, that's, why, that's true too. For those of you who may not know, um, the podcast is called Program Yourself Then. That's my program as well. Um, but you can listen to the podcast on any of the podcast platforms. I do on every weekday. Again, just having the background, it's going to change you. Okay. And then if you're real serious, you know, obviously you can check out Program Yourself Then and work with me as well. Um, thank you for sharing. You can't be on a diet and live at your goal weight at the same time. Oh, that's a good one, right? Yeah, I love that. I love that saying. Yeah, that's such a good one. I'm gonna make another video on that. Let me make a little note. I'll make a little, a new little TikTok. Yeah, again, so much of, of life really, but especially weight loss comes down to how you're, how you're thinking about things, you know, literally like the programming. And it's such a literal thing that it's almost hard to wrap our heads around. But but even at that point, so good. Yeah, you can't be your goal weight and, and diet. You have to be overweight. Um, Eric says, I've been so out of touch for so many years that I have no idea the best weight for me. I picked a weight that is more of a step goal than I can refine from there. Yeah, that's, Erica, that's a great point actually. That, uh, if yeah, if you haven't been near your goal weight for so long that it just feels so far away or distant, you, yeah, step goals. So maybe like, 10, 15 pounds, 20 pounds, 25 pounds, somewhere in that ballpark, you set kind of like these these step goals. I think that's a great strategy because it feels more doable and it keeps you more motivated because it feels real. Um, sometimes our big ass goal, it's kind of like, oh God, I'm never gonna get there. So if we break it up into pieces, I think that's wonderful. And when we break it up into pieces, you can pick an ultimate goal weight just arbitrarily. And then let, let's just say, for example, you want, you got, oh, I, think, I think I'm 100 pounds I'd like to lose. I think that would be nice. What you can do is you lose 25 pounds and you break it up. So 25 pounds. And once you get the 25 pounds down, you can say, okay, I'm 25% of my way to the goal. Okay. So that's another piece as well. But Erica, that's a great strategy. And again, with all the weight mastery foundation under that, that that's a great way to approach it. Um, Donna says, you're fabulous. And so is your message. 10 months ago, I made the decision to eat less. 45 pounds later, the light bulb finally went on after 30 years of dieting. Food freedom is the best freedom. That's awesome. Take a little screenshot of that. Congratulations, wonderful job. That that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Look at that. That's so great. Forty five pounds, right? And you did it in a way that's sustainable. That's the key thing, you know? That's what I'm saying, folks. Listen to the podcast. It, it'll help you just that alone. Um, that's so wonderful. What an accomplishment. Do you mean that I have to try to eat less like I will eat on goal weight? Um 
Yeah, yeah, obviously. I, I think, I don't know, maybe this is too simplistic. Again, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a nutritionist. Um, I do have a lot of experience helping regular people lose weight though, okay? And so I like to explain things and concepts that make sense, even if they're not technically 100% accurate. So here's one of them, is that I think, you know, let's just say you start off, you're 200 pounds, let's just say. Um, and if you've been, if you, because all of our eight, our weight averages out. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot of people kind of, they make the mistaken assumption that like, oh, my weight's going up and up and up and up and up and up and up. And up. That's not really true. I mean, maybe over years it starts trending up, but very few people are putting five, 10 pounds a month on. You know what I mean? Unless something weird's going on. Usually we kind of, we stick around a, a weight. Again, it's like that set point thing, right? It's almost like a thermostat. It's, like, it's almost like your weight set to a point and you're just living your life doing whatever, you stay at that point. And so let's just say you're 200 pounds. I'm gonna, I like to think of it like, okay, I am consuming a certain amount of calories consistently that keeps me at 200 pounds. So what I think to myself, let's just say I want to lose 40 pounds, okay? I look at that and I say, okay, 40 pounds of 200 is 20, is, yeah, 20%. Um, so I want to cut 20% of my calories down. You know what I mean? Now I know what most people do on a diet is I'm 200 pounds, uh, I'm just picking a number. I'm gonna say, these numbers don't mean anything, so please don't take this to mean this. But let's just say, just for ease of understanding, you're 200 pounds and you consistently are eating 2,000 calories a day, okay? I'm just making that number up. But what um, what a lot of people do is say, okay, I need to cut down to 1,200 calories because I want to trigger this weight loss and I'll lose it quickly. Once I lose the weight, then I'll come up to maintenance, right? And so I find that to be really hard to do because to, think about that because a lot of people, first of all, it's average that the average American is consuming 24, 2,600 calories a day, Okay. So I know you don't believe that because you only track when you're doing well with your food and it seems impossible. Okay, whatever. So um, what happens is the average person that's, that's consuming 2,400 calories a day, you know, back in the day and still, I'm gonna, I wanna lose weight. So what do we gotta do? We gotta cut down to 1,200 calories. That's what a lot of diets were saying. That's a, that's a 50%, 50 to 60% reduction in calories. That's an enormous cut in one day to make. It's overwhelming to us. So me personally, if I'm at 200, 200 pounds and I want to get down to 160 and I'm starting at, let's just say, okay, let's just go over the averages, 2,500 calories. I want to cut 20% of my calories out because I want to cut 20% of my weight. Now, I know people say, that's not how it works. It works a little bit like that, <laughs> you know? So uh, somewhere along the way, your, your calorie consumption on average is showing up with your average weight right? So instead of drastically cutting calories, why don't we comfortably, somewhat comfortably cut calories? And I have found that when people cut calories in the ballpark of 20%, it's, it's sustainable. It's okay. Now the weight loss is a little bit slower. So you got to manage the impatience, but now you're set up because what I'm looking to do is let's just say, again, it's just a, a concept. I'm 200 pounds. I'm consuming 2,500 calories. I want to get to 160. I'm going to cut 20% of my weight out. I'm going to cut 20% of my calories out. Okay. And so now to cut 20% of my calories out, now what I'm looking at is I want to live the rest of my life at a 20% calorie reduction because I want to live at 160 forever. And so how can I cut 20% of my calories out? I want to do it systematically. I'll cut 10% out here, 5% out there, 5% out there. You know what I mean? But now I'm thinking more strategically. So again, I, I, this isn't exactly the same. I'm not saying you cut 20% of your calories, you're going to 20% cut of your weight comes out. It is more complex than that. I understand that. But I think this is a much more intuitive way that makes sense than what the fuck dieters are doing. Drastically cutting as many calories as they can so they can lose weight as fast as possible. 
okay, first of all, your chances of succeeding with that to lose the weight are really low because it's so extreme and overwhelming. And then B, the biggest problem is you're not setting yourself up to live at that goal weight. Yeah, you're going to figure out your maintenance, are you? Let me know how that goes. Because you know what I see when people try and figure out their maintenance after they lose a lot of weight? I think you know. They don't do it. It's estimated that 82 to 95% of people put the weight back on. So I, I don't know, like this idea that you're just going to figure your maintenance out once you lose the weight is, I don't, I don't know why people think that, you know? So anyways, me personally, I would rather practice and get good at living 20% lower with the calories and the weight's going to go down. And then we figure out where the weight goes down. It either goes down the full where we want it to go or it doesn't. But now what you've done is you've been practicing living 20% lower. So now you got a foundation. It's not a drastic cut. It's not this crazy thing you're doing. And now you're setting yourself up. Okay, now a year goes by, right? And you've lost 30 pounds, let's say, okay? But now what happens is now you can strategically say, again, strategically, you can say, okay, I've kind of, my, my weight loss is, is plateaued and I'm not, I'm 30 pounds down. Where else can I cut another 10% out? And now you can do it strategically in a way that sets you up for long-term success. And you can see when you compare this approach to dieting, I hope it makes more sense. And if it doesn't, that's cool. But fair enough. We all can choose to do what we want to do. But hopefully this is putting a light on and showing you why you struggled so much. It, it's Again, the diets are not set up for you to succeed. They're set for you to drastically cut shit out and ultimately fail. And ultimately you end up eating more food anyways, which is why I think that the food companies love diets and backing them and buying them, pumping them out to people. Um, 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 um. Why do some people have to put in way less effort to be skinny? Uh, naturally don't think about food, don't have a huge appetite, apathetic about food. I mean, that, hey, listen, there's 8 billion people on the planet. You know what I mean? Like we all, why is anyone, anything? You know what I mean? Um, some people like to sing and some people like to dance. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? We're all different. But I, what I will say is that if you honor yourself and you build around who you are as a person and you start to learn how to influence your mind, you learn how to strategically influence your mindset, your lifestyle, and your eating over time, I think there's no way that you can't succeed. And so you may do it differently than someone who has an easy time doing it. But if you do it strategically with a, with a common sense approach built for the long-term success, I think your chance of success go way up. You know? But yeah, people are different for sure. Um, grapes, I'm loving this combo. <laughs> That's awesome. Good. I'm glad. That's what I'm here for. Again, I'm trying to put some light bulbs on, make things easier for you all. Weight, weight loss, weight mastery does not have to be... It, it, listen, it's it's work. It, like I'm not saying it's just like, I'm going to snap my finger. Oh, listen to my session. You're going to lose 50 pounds. I'm not bullshitting you here. You know? But I think... You can approach weight like you would learning the piano, learning to dance, going to college, things that you want to do, uh, you know, in life that you commit to. And I think with, with weight loss, it's always people taking wild swings at it, you know? And I think it's, it's never, and, and I, that's going right into where I'm going to go. So I see someone asked, well, what's up, Don? Um, I see someone asking, what are your thoughts on stereotypes about fat people, lazy, lack of discipline, et cetera? Is there some truth to it? Uh, I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all because my whole career has been working. I, I always attract people. I mean, almost exclusively, I attract overthinkers, people that are perfectionists, um, people that are generally successful professionally a lot of times and that w uh, otherwise they, they chose a personal route where they really dedicate themselves to being the greatest parent, you know, person that could be on the planet. But whatever they focused on in life, they've been very successful. 
and they're 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 focused. A lot of times they're type A. They're in the ballpark of that overthinkers for sure. And then they can't get their weight under control. So the idea, I mean, if you saw the people in my program, you would never in a million years, none of them are lazy. None of them lack discipline. Do I think that's, I think certainly there's some people that are lazy and lack discipline for sure. But I think the vast majority of people struggling with weight are struggling because of one core reason. And it's that they have never, ever learned how to shift their mindset. Never. And I ask this question every day because I, a lot of people on here be, be trying to lose weight for decades. And I know you're smart. I know the only people listening to me are overthinkers. I talk real fast. I'm talking about all sorts of concepts and shit. So the people that like simplistic things are here for a second and bounce. And that's fine, right? Um, which was why diets are so popular, by the way. Because think about every diet is a marketing, all diets are marketing um, exercises because every diet's built around the one thing concept. Every single diet you can think of is built around one thing because they know people that are struggling with weight are usually at this point when it comes to weight, frustrated, apathetic, uh, you know, just overwhelmed. Just in general in life now, you know, we're going, it's 2024, we're all kind of like up to here with everything. Uh, so the diets need to make themselves seem really easy. And I always call this like the carnival game routine because, you know, carnival games, I always joke about this, but it's like I go to the carnival and I'm a sucker for the the wicker basket with the softball, you know, and you're walking down the midway and the guy's like, he's like throwing it behind his back. He's hooking it in. He's closing his eyes. He gets it in every time. You say, well, shit, I can do that. You fork over your five or $10 now. <laughs> you get your three balls. You, you gently tap it and it bounces right out. That to me is what diets are because the diets are always about the one thing, right? Just stop eating carbs. Just count your points. Just stop eating for 16 hours. Uh, just track your calories. That's all. Uh, you know, it's always like something that sounds like one thing, real simple. And so, oh, what? Hold on a second. That was a weird one. Uh, so they conceptually are very simple to understand, right? They make them simple to understand. So, so anyone can just wrap their head around, oh yeah, I'll just stop eating carbs, you know? And, and again, the flip side of that though is that you have to completely change your eating. But they don't want, that's, we don't focus on that part. Just stop eating carbs. And so we're always underestimating how much, what it takes to actually lose weight. So anyways, long story short is I don't think people are, are lazy and lack discipline. I think people have never really gotten a true comprehensive approach to mastering their weight. And I like to think that's what I do. And I see it over and over again because I'm constantly seeing my clients getting amazing results when they've struggled the whole time. So it's the same person and with one kind of approach is struggling for decades and the other approach in eight weeks, they're absolutely transforming everything. So to me, it's always about strategy. And so if you look at your weight loss in the past, what you have done is you've tried to change your reading based on some philosophy of, again, you, you're probably the most popular shit in the world because keto's fucking stupid. Okay, so keto's the, the pop, most popular diet right now. Neck and neck with intermittent fasting, which I, I, I like intermittent fasting in a way. I don't like it as a diet. And um, here we are, you know? But it's like, again, I, I ask you the question, who... And I'm not saying you've even done this, but I'm asking you, give me a name of someone who you could learn how to focus on your mindset for weight loss. Because do you think your mindset might have something to do with your weight loss and your ability to stick with things? What's up, Cynthia? San Antonio, is that where we're at? Um, but yeah, so think about that. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you can't even name, like, that's how crazy it is to me. That's why I tell you, like, all the diets, all the diets you're, all the ways that you think about losing weight, it's the food companies own it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you think Weight Watchers is so great? It was bought by Heinz. They used to have their meetings in the back of supermarket freezers so they could sell their bullshit food. Now, Weight Watchers started off great. It started off with a lady in New Jersey. She got groups of people together that would talk about different things in weight, and that really helped. I always liked the Weight Watchers group model. Everything else about it is stupid. Counting points. It's just, it's just like, come on. And where don't you think, because here's the point. Here's, the, here's kind of the, the question that kind of sums this up. Your problem with weight has nothing to do with knowing what to do. I mean, you can always learn more about nutrition, but you at this point right here now know enough about what you should and shouldn't eat to lose weight. If you were a robot and you woke up in the morning, you typed in what you're going to eat all day, like the ideal meal plan, you would, do, and then you just did it, you wouldn't have much problem losing weight. Your problem is that you don't know how to get yourself to do it consistently, which is a mindset problem. It's a strategy problem too, but it's mostly a mindset problem initially. And here we are, you know that you sometimes make healthy choices, sometimes make unhealthy choices. So we know it's not the knowledge in your head, right? Because when you make the healthy choice, you, you know the same shit. When you make the healthy choice, it's the same shit in your head as when you make the unhealthy choice. So it's not a knowledge problem. It's a mood problem, which is generated by thought problems. Because when you make the healthy choice, because you're in a good mood, you're focused, you're motivated, you're excited, you're da, 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 you make the right choice. And then when you're in a shitty mood, it's a bad day at work, you just gotta fight with your partner, Fuck it, I don't care. I don't care what I eat. I don't give a shit. And you eat that. So again, if you had to boil it down, your main weight loss issue has been you don't know how to consistently influence your behavior. And that's because you don't know how to influence your moods. And that's because you don't know how to influence your thoughts. And that's what we do in Program Yourself then is we go through those. So that, you know, even yesterday we were talking about this. Um, it's even the definition of the goals, right? Weight mastery versus weight loss. That, that Everything changes with that. But um one of the things with, with programming yourself then I love so much, and I talk about the weight mastery pyramid, right? So we talk about mindset, lifestyle, eating. But then with each one of those categories, there's six categories of mindset, eight habits of lifestyle, and three strategies for eating, okay? And the value of that is that even on my program, people struggle and, and they, they have good times and they have mistakes, okay? That's normal. But what happens is when they get off track a little bit, they have the ability to get back on track because they can diagnose where the problem is. And as a dieter, you don't have any of that because the dieter is a very binary. It's a, you're either all on, it's, it's the nothing or all mode. You refer to it as all or nothing, but it's really nothing or all because you're mostly doing nothing. And then occasionally you get all fired up and do everything perfect. And then when you can't do everything perfect, you go right back to nothing. Program yourself then is an all or something approach. Okay, yeah, sometimes you're all focused, motivated, everything's going great. Yeah, do your all shit. Great, knock yourself out. Great. But I'm more concerned about this part because this is the majority of the time, right? <laughs> so instead of doing nothing, we're always doing something. And when you're always doing something, that something turns into a little bit more and a little bit more. And then you do your all. And then you go back to something. And you do a little bit more. And this is how you get the success you want. The all or nothing thing obviously doesn't work. We all know this, I think, but you struggle to replace it with something that does work. You know, again, that's the program yourself then approach, methinks. Um, that <laughs> meme says that. Weight loss for overthinkers, that's pure gold. Yeah, that's what they all are. Because listen, folks, the overthinking ain't the problem. It's not the overthinking that's the problem. You were gifted with this supercomputer of a brain. You got this sports car in your head. 
okay? Problem is you never got the owner's manual, right? You don't get an owner's manual for a high-end sports car. You drive that shit into a pole fast, right? So it's not, it's not the overthinking that's the problem. That's the gift. The problem is what you're overthinking, okay? Let's stick with the computer metaphor. You've got this supercomputer in your head, but you're running shitty programs through it. And so you're just driving. I'm telling I got, they're in my program right now. It's just like, it's, I, I love my group right now that, that's in there. Um, and that's even a piece of it too, right? We meet every Tuesday and Thursday. There's coaching calls, you know, in addition to the program. But um, I, I just, I love the group in there right now so much. And um, especially a couple of the people in there because they are so, so smart and such overthinkers. But it's very clear as day how they've been aiming all that overthinking at dieting. And so they're, they're overthinking dieting. And so when you see them overthink a new process, it's, it's just amazing, you know, because um, a simple, I'll give you one simple, simple difference, okay, why the overthinking is not the problem. You, without realizing it, I'm telling you right now, you as an overthinker, your biggest big generalized problem is that you're constantly overthinking the problem. You are focused and fixated and obsessed with the problem. That's the biggest trap of an overthinker because, and again, I told you it shows up. I mentioned this ago. Let me make it crystal clear. You are obsessed with the problem and you're getting more and more and more and more and more of the problem, right? Um, your subconscious mind does not understand the difference between, it doesn't understand negatives, okay? And I'll prove it to you because I want you to not think about what I'm about to say. So get yourself ready and don't think about what I'm about to say. Don't think about a banana. Don't think about a banana. Don't think about a yellow banana, now, what are you thinking about? A banana, right? So you, as an overthinker, are obsessed with the problem and you it shows up this way. What's wrong with me? Why can't I stick to a plan? Why can't I lose this weight? What the fuck? I am great over here, my work, and then this over here. Why can't I get this? Why can't I get this under control? Why do I keep screwing up? What, you shitty person, no wonder you didn't, and you're mean to yourself. Oh my God, you're so mean to yourself. That drives the overeating. You're constantly focused on the problem. Now, again, I know what you're trying to do. You think at the end of this overthinking rainbow, this obsession that you're going to get to this magical answer that says, this is why you're fucked up. Oh, and then all of a sudden, everything instantly changes. But I'm here to tell you that's not how it goes, okay? Because what you need to do to become thin and healthy is you need to practice being a thin and healthy person. I come back to like writing with your hand. You can write with one hand. You know everything there is to know about writing, but you can't do it with your other hand. And if you wanted to learn how to do it with the other hand, you don't need to read a book about how to write with your left hand. You need to practice it. And very rarely, especially overthinkers, you know everything you're supposed to do, but you do not have a situation where you can practice and learn and grow and evolve and get better at it because you're in an all or nothing mindset. And the second you make the mistake, you go into that vicious cycle of beating the shit out of yourself. And most likely, you've been trapped in that cycle for decades. Yeah. So it's got to change because once you take that overthinking brain and you stop exclusively focusing on the problem, you're always going to focus on the problem. Okay, fine. But once you start giving a little bit of all that energy to the solution, that's when everything changes. You know, you start asking questions like, how can I easily and naturally lose the weight? How can I get myself to eat better in a way that's easy and automatic? How can I enjoy this process? How can I have fun with this? How can I start loving myself? How can I feel better about myself? How, what would it feel like to feel more confident? You know what I mean? And we just start, that's why my program, one of the pieces of it that I, I give you as a bonus 
is every day, first of all, I deliver it through your phone because I know the hardest part of change is remembering. So every morning I know you're gonna look at your phone first thing and when you do, you're gonna see a message from me, you're gonna tip on it, click on it, and you're gonna listen to a five minute hypnosis session. And the five minute hypnosis session relaxes and calms you down, which most overthinkers need to do, okay? We calm ourselves down, we can think more clearly. And now you get all these positive suggestions in your mind that start to create new thoughts and new questions that you ask yourself that you can send your overthinking brain on. And what happens is you start to create a more positive, thin, healthy, happy mindset. That's what you need. And once you create that healthy, happy mindset, you know, the, the, phys- the body follows. You know, the behaviors follow, then the body follows. You know, so yeah. It makes a lot of sense when you think about it this way, but I just want to point out you've never thought about it this way. Again, I, I, this, is, this is what I've been doing. I've had a very unique path to get where I'm at. And um, it's way outside the box. You know, dieters are so trapped in the box, which I know pisses you off because you're an outside the box thinker, you know, in other areas of your life. You pride yourself on that. But when it comes to weight loss, you couldn't be more inside the box. You don't even realize it. And so once you realize another way to think, again, the overthinkers, I'm an overthinker. I'm a, I'm a perfectionist I'm recovering, you know. And so that that's where this approach came from. So that's why I attract, you know what I mean? So yeah, if you're an overthinker, please go listen to the hypnosis session I give you for free. Go to my bio, click the link at the hypnosis session. Watch the video though. The video is the real game changer for you. That will be. Um, and then read the emails each day. And if you're real serious, again, you, you can work with me, literally work with me. And um, yeah, but, but again, even if you just listen to the podcast and listen to all this stuff, it's going to change how you think and ultimately how you behave and the results you get. All right. Um, all right. Got to get out of here. I got to eat some breakfast, or some lunch, and then I have to get ready for some... Uh, coaching call. Sorry, everyone. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You guys had great, great stuff today. And um, I'm, I'm glad you were here for it. So thank you so much. Follow me on TikTok. If you don't follow me on TikTok, follow me on TikTok. My, my stuff will come up and help you out. Um, listen to the podcast, just program yourself then. Um, and then go get that hypnosis session. Go check it out. All right. Oh, what's up, Kelly? How's it going? Um, and you're welcome, memes friend. And uh, I see what you said, Christine. Yeah, it is a vicious cycle. So get yourself out of it. All right. You're welcome, Carol. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Have a great day. We'll talk soon. Bye.